Has, has Jerry seen the video? Do we know if he's seen it? Uh, I have no first-hand knowledge. <laughs> His campaign did not react to the video in any way. Mm. So you haven't challenged him to like a porn off. Be like, okay, here's mine. You do yours now. And, th and then we'll put it to the voters. <laughs> Let's just say I would not want to compel anyone to make that kind of video. Uh, nor would I want to compel anyone to watch it. But first, a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the swingers, to the singles, the Sappho's, and my ex who I'm still trying to get over. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Yes, my voice sounds like this. I did it again. I... Spoke too loudly at an orgy, and this is what happens. Uh, <laughs> I had to MC the costume contest at Hacienda on Saturday, and even though I had a microphone, I insisted on shouting. Those of you who are new to the podcast, I don't normally sound like this. This is just what it sounds like when I'm very irresponsible with my weekends. And don't worry, my conversation this week with congressional candidate and one-time porn star Mike Itkiss... We'll feature my uh, normal speaking voice. You won't have to listen to this for terribly too long. But yes, my guest this week is that guy I told you about last month. Mike Ickes is running uh, for Congress in New York's 12th district as what he calls a very liberal independent against incumbent Jerry Nadler. If you don't know who Jerry Nadler is, he's on TV a bit. He's like kind of a, a top Democrat dog. He's kind of like an old school guy. He kind of always looks like he's accepting but confused about his son coming out. Decent but outdated man, we could say. Uh, and Mike is trying to unseat him, running on a platform on sex and cybersecurity, and that's about it. He also would like to end the war in Ukraine, but th those are his two, he, all of his policies have to do with sex positivity and cybersecurity in this country. And I thought that we should have a little chat before next week's election. Yes, there is an election next week. Did you not know this? I am not going to berate or lecture or, uh, or shout out you about voting and like the consequences. I know they keep saying like every election is the most important election. And, but the problem is every election is once we can get, you know, the majority of both sides to say, uh, queers are people, black folks should be able to vote easily and, uh, and, and women should control their own bodies. Once we can get that. When like, you know, one side isn't kind of always looking at the Muslims like, what did you do? Right. When we can get both sides decent on civil rights, I think then the stakes can come down a little bit. But until then, I just want to give you a little information about same day registration in case maybe you don't know uh, your state situation. All I'm going to do real quick is read you the list of states that do have same day voter registration. So in case you aren't registered to vote but something changes your mind in the next seven days to do so. You can show up at your local polling place or, or look up what you're, where you have to go at your state. Usually it's a polling place uh, and you can take care of that and uh, get, your, get your voice heard. Uh, the following states, you just need a proof of identity and proof of residency. You may want to check what your state uh, counts as proof of identity. If you don't have photo ID, photo ID is usually pretty good. You got a driver's license, you got a passport, something like that. Otherwise you may want to just look it up, but here are the States where you can uh, show up, register and vote Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, 
Connecticut, Maryland, Virginia, Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Washington, Idaho, Wyoming, Nevada, Colorado, California, Utah, New Mexico, and Hawaii. Montana and North Carolina, uh, they, they let you do same-day registration before Election Day. So if you show up before next Tuesday, if you show up Monday or before, you can both register and do early voting. And that's all I'll say about that. Uh, y'all were very passionate and not entirely that understanding about my tea rant last week. Uh <laughs> Apologies to any new listeners from military.com. I know we got a nice little boost going on from military.com who is very interested in Mike Gickis's quotes from this week's episode. Uh, <laughs> but last week, Billy had to reveal that he did not know that black tea had caffeine and it was an issue. It's always interesting to me, like, what y'all talk about in the episode discussion channel when discussing an episode it's usually not what i think you would latch on to like we had mike kaplan on last week talking about non-monogamy polyamory choosing love over a lifestyle and yet most of the comments about last week's show had to do with the tea chuck g said he was so verklempt he was talking out loud to himself to the podcast in his car Elizabeth K said that she rarely comes to that channel to share her thoughts on an episode, but was so compelled because she was like, wait, what? You didn't know black tea had caffeine? Princess Peach is even like, I may have shouted, of course it does, out loud at the gym and turned a couple of heads. I did not know this was going to be so controversial, folks. But if you want to recommend me some herbal, non-caffeinated teas, shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com. If you want to send me something, I'll give you an address. Just stop yelling at me, okay? How would I not? This is like when my dad yelled at me for not knowing how to change a tire on a car when I was 18. He was like, what kind of man doesn't know how to change a tire? You don't know how to change a tire? What are you, fucking stupid? You don't know how to change a tire? I'm like, well, changing a tire is like typically something a father teaches his son. What kind of, what kind of father doesn't teach his son how to change a tire? No one taught me about T's, people, okay? Okay, but I, I know y'all aren't too interested in that. You want to know how was Hacienda, okay? Look, Hacienda was dope, as usual. Pulled together an outfit, day of, my jam. Went over to Dick's Sporting Goods, got a referee t-shirt, a Nike sweat wristband. I called it a day. Put on a jock strap and some fishnets and a little glitter under my eyes. I'm like, I'm good here. This is enough. I, I licked alcoholic whipped cream off of some titties. That was fun. I was a little disappointed that none of the costume contest contestants even attempted to flirt with me to gain favor. No, no one like tried to squeeze my cock a little and be like, just remember that come finals time. Nobody. How dare everyone be such ethical competitors in this cutthroat day and age. But even that was fun. And then, yes, we did. The mystery lady did make herself known. And we did have, uh, we did have some fun. We fucked around. We, you know, we had some sex in a, in a monster bed. It was interesting to feel so nervous. Uh, I don't normally fuck at the parties. I'm starting to get more comfortable doing that. But even then, I, I like to feel sexually competent before I just like stick my dick in somebody. But this chick just wanted to fuck. So it's like, I guess we're just going to fuck. But again, in the course of just fucking, I usually assume that she's not coming from that. I think that's a fair thing a stick haver should have. If you're fucking somebody for the first time and all you're going to do is put your cock in their cunt, you shouldn't think that that's going to get them off. It can feel good, but you shouldn't assume they're going to get off that way. 
and it's like really, really loud. And there's like a couple next to us and there's a threesome happening behind us. And it's just, it's hard to like get a gauge of if I'm even doing a good job. It was who I thought it was going to be. And I was very relieved because she is like super hot. And I don't know what it is. I'm still getting this thing where like at some point, like like either towards the end, I I think it was like, as we were fucking, she said like, you were like the hottest guy at this party. And then like, I think that's when I came. <laughs> like, I think that was the order of events because that will still get me over the edge. Apparently she had a good time because she wanted to do it again. Gave me her number. I was like, all right. In my head, I was like, really? All I, all I did was fuck you. And I don't think I did it. I don't think I did my best work. That's part of why I don't love fucking a new person at a sex party. Cause I'm just like, I'm not going to do my best fuck work right now. Not knowing how your body works. I, a lot longtime listeners know that I used to have a, like a pretty firm rule or guideline where I didn't fuck people the first time we fooled around. Cause it's like, I want to know your body. I want to feel competent here in this bed. I want to feel like I have an idea of what makes you, what makes you feel good before I'm just fucking you. Because then I think the fucking will be better for you, and then I'll feel more comfortable fucking you, because I think, like, I'm fucking her, and I kind of know what I'm doing here. And then I got to enjoy a post-fuck joint with uh, with someone in the smoking area. I got to chat with this lady and her partner, and uh, got nice and got a little blaze, and... And then she took out the cigarette case and opened it. And it was a bunch of joints. She, she said, take one. I was like, oh, I'm plenty high as is. She said, no, then hold on to it. I was like, really? She said, yeah, just make sure you pay it forward. I was like, what am I, Bruce Willis? But I did. I, <laughs> I shared the joint with a couple friends on the couch and came home, basically gave the joint to my roommate. You know, we, we had some puffs. And I was like, you know what? You have this. I'm paying it forward. It was a, it was a nice night. Before I had to wake up at 9 a.m. so I could get to the Jets game to watch them disappoint me. And by them, I mean the referees. That rough in the passer call. That was kind of bullshit. All right, let's take care of a couple quick things before I get to my guest this week. Mike Itkiss. Let's first do show dates. Oh, what was that noise? Okay, uh, I hope I don't repeat that again. Uh, folks, if you want to see me do some stand-up comedy this week, uh, November 5th, I'm in Montclair, New Jersey at Pineapple Express BBQ. I don't know why I'm performing in a barbecue restaurant, but I am performing in a barbecue restaurant. November 9th, I'm at Secret Pour in Brooklyn. November 11th, I'll be at the Producers Club on the 8 p.m. show. And uh, December 1st, Los Angeles, you can catch me at the Fourth Wall Comedy Club on their 8 p.m. show. That's what I got going on for right now. And of course, we've got Hot Movie Night, November 17th, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Fanhorn Nation comes together in our Discord server, and uh, and we watch a retro porn together. This month, we'll be watching the 1978 classic, Debbie Does Dallas. Seems about right for football season. Become a member of my Patreon community if you want to gain access to that, and join us. And a little brief shout-out to HotMovies.com for unofficially helping us make that happen. I'm pretty sure promo code MANHOR still gets you 20 free minutes on top of any package you sign up for. One person I hope will be joining us is the recipient of this week's Fan Whore Appreciation Moment, Mark Slattery. I want to give you a big shout-out. I want to say thank you so much. I want to say drill, baby, drill. After you get an idea how your partner's body works, you know what? You know why I'm saying that. Thanks for putting some dollars at the foundation of this show. It is very much appreciated, Mark. Thank you. 
And you too can support the podcast for as little as $2 per month. You can sign up for an annual membership. You get a little discount. It's my way of uh, saying thank you for the extra money up front. Become a member today. Support the podcast that you love at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. And now for this week's guest, congressional candidate, major in the Army Reserves, and one-time porn star Mike Itkiss. I to- as I've told y'all uh, previously, he released a porno as a campaign video on Pornhub. And you can clown on him for doing this. You can make fun of the performance. You can shit on the reasons why he says he did this. But think about all the dudes who go, man, I wish I could be a porn star. Yo, I'd be great at porn. I got a big old dick. I've always wanted to do porn, but I've I never had the courage. You know what? Mike actually did it. He made it happen. I guess that's kind of got to make you wonder if he were in Congress. Would he take that same attitude and make things happen? I don't know. I don't live in Mike's district, so I, you know, I wouldn't be able to vote for him even if I wanted to. Maybe you do. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't on November 8th. But I think we had a good conversation. Uh, I think we got some answers on some of his stances on the issues and learned a little more about um, why. <laughs> like, do we need to see our politicians fuck? But maybe we do. Maybe we do. Candidate Mike Ickes, who uh, wants your vote on November 8th. Let's go. Let's go talk to him about this porno. I think there was a woman in Italy who was uh, in adult videos back in the 80s who served in the Italian parliament for a couple of uh, terms. She was probably one of the first yeah. to do that, but no, no one in the United States that I'm aware of. Uh, Mike, Mike Ickes is here. He's a, a congressional candidate running in New York's 12th district against Jerry Nadler uh, as, an in, as, as you call it, I think, a very liberal independent. Correct. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for that introduction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is a very liberal independent? That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good. Hey, as someone who's also uh, uh, not registered with any uh, particular party and considers myself fairly liberal, um, nice to see. Nice to see that party name out there uh, in the headlines. But you, uh, you've been making some headlines recently because you chose to put out the most interesting campaign video I think anyone's ever done, which you did a porn scene and right. released that on Pornhub. Yes, I did. For free. You getting, ad, you getting a good ad rev split? <laughs> I have not gotten anything from Pornhub at all, and I chose not to receive any revenue from them. So I will not be mm. receiving anything. Is that those particular uh, you know, FEC laws? <laughs> I'm not sure. but Just, just uh, be safe. <laughs> it's to be safe and also just so everyone knows that I did not do this for profit. Sure. And um, I had no motive uh, to release the video other than as a, really a conversation piece for the for the campaign. Right. Yeah, you didn't throw it up on many vids or anything like that. You put it up on Pornhub. But Pornhub is the best place to, if someone's going to watch porn for free, Pornhub is the best place 
as I've been told by many of my adult friends, because uh, they do offer ad revenue splits with the verified creators, which now pretty much everyone is. So like, uh, if you do have to watch for free, go watch on Pornhub, because at least, you know, those girls are getting, they're getting a cut, they're getting, they're getting a taste. Right. I'm not sure exactly how it works. I just know that it was uh, quite a process to get the video up um, up on Pornhub. You were like, this is a lot of fucking paperwork, right? <laughs> it is. Uh, yes, it it's very bureaucratic, and uh, that's a good thing, I think. But people don't seem to appreciate it, that it took over two weeks to to get the video public on Pornhub. Mm-hmm. You know, you see these uh, articles and people, you know, like moral crusaders talking about, oh, there's all this type of non-consensual <clears throat> porn and underage porn. It's like, yeah, not really. Like, it's it, it's very few. More CSAM material gets uploaded to Facebook than to Pornhub uh, in terms of, like, complaints. You know, like, Facebook gets hundreds of thousands of those. And, like, Pornhub will get, like, a, what, a few hundred, a few thousand. Um, and they're always, like, instantly taken down. So people think there are people, like, uploading you know, underage material to porn. No, because the amount of paperwork you had to do, these people clearly have never tried to right. upload something because mm-hmm. it is tenuous. So I can't firsthand confirm the amount of um, material that shouldn't be on yeah. any of those platforms. But yes, I have read reports that yeah. say exactly what, what you're saying, that uh, other platforms that aren't adult-related actually have more of an issue. Yeah. Were you surprised by like how many steps you had to take to upload something? It was very cumbersome. So like very often you had to redo steps just because things didn't work out. Like the facial recognition didn't work, things like that. And also I had to um, relax a lot of controls on my computer in order to make this happen. So, (laughs) So a lot of the privacy that I, privacy controls I set up for myself, I had to remove just so I could make it happen. And then I had to put it back, of course. So So that was quite odd where you, you see that trade-off that you often see in a cybersecurity between privacy and security mm-hmm. is definitely there yeah so tell so tell us a bit about what you did exactly and and also more importantly why you did it sure it's not a straightforward story where i i had a plan that i was following step by step i made the movie before i could make any decisions about running because of redistricting and uh, the schedule and possibly COVID issues. So I, I had no idea if I'm going to have the opportunity to run in 2022. Mm-hmm. But I did make the movie. Um, we shot it over two dates. One was in July of uh, 2021. One was in October of 2021 mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. So, so the, you wanted to do this movie regardless of running. Sounds correct. Like. Yeah. I kind of wanted to learn what it's like. I had no idea. I wasn't sure if I could do it. I was. I had no idea how I would feel about doing it. And I didn't know what I would learn about the industry from doing it. Mm. So um, that was just an interesting experience in itself. Trying to make it happen, what people don't appreciate is how difficult it is to do something like that because the industry isn't set up for someone to come out to LA and to um, just say, hey, I want to make an adult movie uh how do i do this (laughs) so i had to contact a few folks um nicole was gracious enough to answer and we had to talk quite a bit to just build rapport between ourselves to um exchange information talk about plans you know figure out how all these things are going to be done and it took quite a bit of planning when it eventually happened it turned out it was um, a great experience 
but also something I was very anxious about, right? It was the first time I did anything like that. I didn't know how I was going to feel. And it's also something where uh, people who have, um, quote unquote, respectable careers aren't supposed to be doing right so that's also in the back of my mind when i'm doing this so uh there was quite a bit of anxiety yeah uh, going in but nicole was great because she was very relaxed about it and she kind of guided things in such a way that I, it was a very comfortable scene for both of us why did you want to do an adult film like i mean it's called bucket list bonanza it was just like doing a porn on your bucket list or doing a sex tape on your bucket list yes yeah, so when i first talked to nicole uh, that's kind of how i brought up the subject uh -huh. that you know making an adult video and maybe at some point posting it on the internet was an item on my bucket list mm -hmm. so when time came to name the movie Nicole asked if I had anything in mind. I said no, so she named it Bucket List Bonanza. So what was your intrigue in doing something like that? Uh, I've been following the industry. I've been watching the videos. and I think we've all been watching some of the videos. Yes. <laughs> and really just the question came up in my mind. Is it something I can do? Is it, is it all it's cracked up to be? Is it, what would it be like? And that was the main motivation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> and then later you decided to run and then post? Is that the chronology? I wanted to make sure that uh, Nicole was going to be okay with me posting it on the internet. And then once she said she was, that's when I brought up the idea of uh, possibly using it for a campaign later. But again, this was prior to any decisions sure. being made. And when... Um, the new redistricting map came out with the new schedule. That's when I got in touch with her again, um, just to make sure she would be okay with uh, the video being used for the campaign. Because you knew, like, this will get right. this will get attention. Like, it's, I didn't know that honestly. It, uh, it would get even if it's not your motivation. Like, you know, like it might get pick up. Like, correct. that's a that's a headline. Congressional candidate releases point right. Like, any right. Correct. So um, that's when I got um, more buy-in from Nicole uh -huh. that she was okay with this being used for a campaign. Yeah. Um, and she understood that it was going to be a sex-positive campaign where mm -hmm. sex work legalization was going to be a part of it. And you're, you're running a, a, a platform, mainly it seems like on cybersecurity and sex, two things did not think we're going to go together, right? Those are not the, that's not what I think when someone comes in and announces a candidacy, right. you know, the cybersecurity stuff aside, why, why such a sex positive approach? I always bring it back to the fact that I'm a single guy living in New York mm -hmm. and uh, having had to travel around the world. That's not a usual thing. Um, there are large cities uh, where it's kind of become normal, but in many places around the uh, United States, if you're just like a single guy without a family, people look at you strange. It's just, you know, it it's not the standard that people expect. Mm -hmm. And obviously, large cities like New York is where single people tend to go because it like no one questions it. Right. Um, no one questions when you're 37 with roommates in this town. <laughs> <laughs> right. So... Um, yeah, people don't question a lot of things that may be questioned elsewhere. But for me, that that's the most basic one. And once you get to that point, 
sexuality becomes uh, a question of, uh, you know, because our laws are still uh, centered around marriage so much mm-hmm. and that, you know, the only legitimate sex is supposed to be for people who are married to, to each other. Um, and that's also a very big thing because um, as I'm serving in the military, a lot of the benefits are marriage-based, which um, clearly makes people who aren't married like into not quite second-class citizens, but, you know, their interests aren't addressed anywhere near as much as those those of people who are married and the military still enforces adultery laws for example so that's they enforce that shit i know um, it's on the books but like did they they're like it's a federal case effectively so they don't necessarily prosecute all of them and it's only been recent that they stopped prosecuting people who are separated because mm-hmm. sometimes it takes a you know divorce can take a while yeah. and you know theoretically they could have prosecuted people who are you know in the process of getting divorced but uh, you know that that looks like adultery and that looks like a major thing so in any way that the military addresses human sexuality seems to be extremely sex negative mm-hmm. and for me being in the military um, it's all about protecting freedom of speech and it's all about protecting our privacy rights and things like that which is the reason to do national security that's the main motivation it's both for people like myself who want to set their own boundary sexually or set their own rules single bachelor men (laughs) or just people who are not married in general you know it's like they they should be able to set their own parameters for whatever types of relationships they want to be in Mm. so that was very critical for me, free speech is um, extremely critical, especially since I was born in the Soviet Union, where free speech was obviously, you know, was on the books, but that's about it. Yeah. Obviously, coming to the United States, that was a very big deal. And for a lot of people coming from the Soviet Union back around 40 years ago, the idea that adult videos were actually available was like a very eye-opening thing because it was so looked down upon mm-hmm. in the Soviet Union. So. So what's the origins of your sex positivity? And also, how do you define uh, define that? So for me, it's very important, again, to go back and say, it's like, all right, marriage should not be the standard. Mm-hmm. And uh, people should be able to define the relationships the way they want to. And it's really about getting rid of the stigma um, and shame associated with it. And as has become obvious from the reactions to the video, that's still very much a part of our culture where someone absolutely must speak up and say how immoral that is, uh, how it doesn't fit in with their religious beliefs and things like that. Also, again, free speech is a very big part of it because as I've also seen, like having uh, done news shows where you know people who've been in politics for a very long time when you know, at even the mention of this, uh, they become very, very uncomfortable with the topic itself. Yeah. And it's like, how how would an adult not be comfortable speaking about 
um, laws dealing with human sexuality. I mean, th those are, it, it's not like that's not a political thing, though yeah. there's a lot of laws and court decisions that are on the books that are very contradictory, that are very controversial. And that's how we should be addressing it in our political process where the candidates should be able to speak about it freely. Yeah, we, so. we, we could codify, you know, Lawrence v. Texas, but everyone's like scared to. And, but that would be an, a radical idea. Unfortunately, uh, it's seen as crazy to say, like, how about we pass a law that says, like, you have a right to do whatever you want with consenting adults in your bedroom. And people would still say no to that. People would vote against that. And we're all just relying on DAs not prosecuting things. We're relying on this Supreme Court case holding up. And, like, that's all very precarious because nobody wants to, like, take a vote on some sex-related law unless it's to, like, restrict. Right. And that's also the point of the campaign so that, you know, people should be able to speak about it freely. And um, I'm also not one of those people who's against being criticized. That This is clearly the point of having this discussion so that multiple points of view are considered. So I, I absolutely do not want to shut anyone up or to disrespect people who disagree with me. Mm -hmm. Well, if you were elected to Congress, like you, you, know, you wouldn't be able to pass certain sex-related legislation right away, right? You'd have to have a lot of conversations to try to build kind of a coalition, ideally a bipartisan one. Republicans are quite the swingers too. I've been to those resorts, a lot of Republicans there, and they don't realize those adultery laws will come after them too. And, and, and so how, how would you approach conversations with other Congress people uh, if you were elected to office? That's an interesting question. Uh, obviously, I'm not someone who has direct access to people currently in Congress. No, but like if, if elected, you would do, right. if you want to go through with what's basically like kind of half of your platform, mm -hmm. you'd have to go talk to other Congress people, other members right. of Congress to pass some legislation, write some stuff. And before you can even start writing stuff, you're probably going to have to like have conversations about like what these things mean. I don't think a lot of people in Congress think about their role in the regulation of sexuality. So you, you'd have to have conversations and how would you approach someone at the, uh, you know, at the, the house, you know, dining hall to be like, Hey, can I talk to you about sex work? Can I talk to you about porn as free speech? Can I talk to you about, you know, the right to have sex behind closed doors however you and your friends want to i think i would probably approach it the way i've approached the campaign where um i've kind of kept relatively quiet about it um until the video had come out and after it had come out i waited for people to contact me so a lot of people have contacted me they've generally been very supportive uh people that i know in person mm -hmm. Um, but I've not reached out to people who haven't reached out to me that I've worked with or that I've been friends with. So I'm kind of waiting for them um, to make sure that they're comfortable. I think that would also be a good approach. Uh, and given that if I do get elected, it would probably be such a huge story that I'm assuming people would at least approach me to try to talk to me. And that's probably would be the question I have for them. It's like, how do we talk about it? What are the appropriate... Um, what are the appropriate places for it? It's not a conversation I want to um, force on anyone. But then, how do you fight for legislative action if you're not going? If you're going to be kind of like, "Hey, come talk to me about sex if you wanna." I think everyone understands. Because I think the only people who come up to you will be like uh, some some dudes who are going to be like, "Yo, fist bump, man, she was really hot," <laughs> right? Like, no, I think people understand that there are actually interesting decisions that would need to be to, that would need to be made if. Uh, any kind of legislation was enacted or um, even debated, right? So 
it would be a process just to get it uh, to the point where uh, people are talking about it. I don't think that aggressively coming up to people and uh, yelling and screaming would be the right approach here, I think. Mm. It needs to be more subtle. It needs to be um, more in terms of building rapport. And um, it, it would also require a lot of patience, right? No one, even if I do get elected, no one would expect that type of legislation to be introduced within the first term. Uh, mm. I mean, you can make progress. And obviously, right now, no one is even attempting to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. So the fact that there would be an elected member of Congress would be a great start because now you, you, could, you could be talking about it. Uh, so has has Jerry seen the video? Do we know if he's seen it? Has he watched? Uh, I have no firsthand knowledge. Um, <laughs> have his campaign did not react to the video in any way. Mm. So you haven't challenged him to like a porn off? Be like, okay, here's mine. You do yours now, and th and then we'll put it to the voters. <laughs> Let's just say I would not want to compel anyone to make that kind of video. <laughs> Uh, nor would I want to compel anyone to watch it. Okay. So, well, Jerry, if you're listening, I compel you to put out your porn. Uh, you know, he showed his, you show yours, and then uh, and, and then we see uh, who, who gets to go back to Washington uh, in January. You have a lot of different, again, in your, in your sex-based uh, platform, you have a, a lot of mm -hmm. different positions, stuff like ending adultery laws and um, abortion rights. And you, you You phrase abortion rights as a... Uh, as, you want to, it seems like you want to rebrand it as a right to unplanned sex. Tell me more about that. Sure. Um, again, goes back to um, me being born in the Soviet Union, where mm -hmm. abortion was free and it was legal. Doesn't mean that necessarily the women who were getting abortions were treated with a lot of respect. But at the same time, it was an extremely sex-negative uh, society where you know even divorce was looked upon as something very bad. Uh, there were no... There was no sex education at all. Right. I think we've been talking about abortion for the last 50 years, really, without talking about sexuality, which mm. is, one, for me, one of the big problems with that debate. Um, you know, After that Dobbs decision, we're seeing a lot more nuance in the abortion debate, but we're still not talking really about sexuality when it comes to that. Or even on the other side, you know, it's like all these very theoretical issues of you know when does life really begin but i think the religious right very often especially the catholic religious right is framing it as no it's like people should only be having sex with the intention to procreate and if they're married right so um given the affinity of some of the supreme court justices to that perspective i think uh it's legitimate to be concerned about all of our other sexual rights so mm. Um, so that's where I think we need to uh, reframe the debate about abortion a little bit more in terms of, you know, how does, you know, why is there a reason for it? And clearly it's because people are having sex and there are unintended pregnancies or intended with like some medical consequences and that needs to be taken care of. But because sex was taken out of the equation, I don't think we're really speaking about it, honestly. Mm -hmm. In, on but you know on your website under abortion rights it it, it really only says men sh uh, should not be required to support biological children without our, our agreement but it doesn't actually say anything else about abortion rights is that an oversight in whoever you know wrote up on the, the website well because you know, I was responsible for the content okay. on the website so um, I'm definitely taking um, 
responsibility for for what's there, but also when stood um, out more to me what was not there. Right. So yeah. when when it went up, I just wanted to have something concise there so people can see that there's no question at all that I fully support abortion rights. Mm. So um, I didn't want anyone uh, to think that I would hesitate to support abortion rights in any way. That was the primary motivation, just to keep it simple. I don't want to get into like all the other nuances. Yes, I fully support abortion rights. Okay, okay. Uh, and then the other one, which like I know me and many of my listeners are very happy to see, is that you have, you know, sex work is on the platform. Uh, mm-hmm. You have sex work decrim and legalization. Why? I don't normally see an and. I normally see one or the other. Why is it both for you? Sure. Um, I'd love to speak about that one. Please. So I know that a lot of the sex worker advocates are um, for decriminalization. And usually this comes from very mature voices who understand how sex work is done. They understand their responsibility for themselves, uh, you know, other people in the community and their clients. So what they want is freedom to do their work the way they think is most effective and most safe for them. Right. For the people who are advocating for this, I think they probably could do that. Unfortunately, um, sex work can also be done sometimes by people who haven't done the homework, Mm. right? So if we just completely open it up, um, I think there could be a risk that um, people could be doing it who are um, maybe in vulnerable circumstances or who haven't done the prior education that's needed to do it safely. I mean, there are a lot of people starting podcasts. They didn't do too much prior research from what I can hear uh, in my ear pods, but they still got the right to go buy those mics and give it a shot. Right. But so when it comes to sex work, obviously there are legitimate risks to be considered, right? So, and this is where making the movie with Nicole was very, um, was very informative into uh, creating this agenda, right? Mm -hmm. So we had to verify that we're both 18, right? So, I can see how this becomes a problem. Someone just decides to do it, and then all of a sudden, underage folks wind up. But it's already against the law to do that underage, right? Like, why do we need to have any sort of other regulation if it's already a law? It seems redundant. But that's what I'm saying. It's like if someone doesn't check IDs, right? So someone decides to do it and not check IDs, that's a problem. Right. It's already, it would already be against the law, and then they'd be, you know, and then, like, I don't think having. The regulation would like solve it because if they're not going to check IDs, they're not going to check it. They already know they can't fuck a 16 year old on camera. So if the there's a new regulation with new penalties, like I don't know what that there's already a, a punishment for that. So what I'm saying is like if the if we go towards the legalization side, so I actually released a statement um, yesterday um, with the legalization principles. Right. right. I apologize that I didn't catch that. Uh, yeah, so uh, no, 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 no problem. So let me let me go through those Please. principles uh, because I think they're important, right? So mm-hmm. the first principle, obviously, is to assure that everyone is over eighteen, right? And that's actually trickier to do than we expect because how do you? First of all, we don't have IDs that are easy to verify, mm-hmm. right? And that was the problem that uh, Pornhub had as far as verifying uh, people's identities. So um, someone shows me their ID, it's kind of difficult for me to determine if it's real or not. Mm. So that's problem one. And problem two is how do you store them without having um, 
proper security tools to make sure that confidentiality is maintained so that you know only people who are authorized to view the records of those IDs can see it, right? So mm. right away, that becomes a problem. Like, how do you prove that you checked all your clients or whoever, you know, if you hire workers, how do you prove that you you, know, you checked all the IDs? So that well, why do they need to prove it to anyone? Like if, again, if like a crime was committed, if like someone says, hey, you took a client who's 16 or hey, you went and saw a sex worker who was 16. Um, and we know that because we've checked, we've, what, for whatever reasons, is there not already that there? Like, so why? I think if, yeah. if you're going to run a serious business, uh-huh. um, that kind of compliance control needs to be there. And what if I want to run a slightly less serious business? What if I want to just be like, you know what? I need a couple hundred bucks tonight. I'm going to put an ad out. I'm going to suck a little dick, get some money so I can go out this weekend. Like, do, I, what if I, I want to be a little less serious about it? I think that becomes problematic. And to me, that's really more kind of like falls under dating. It's mm. like, that's what you want to do. But then that's not well because really right now that, that right now that's a crime. If I right. if I put an ad up and be like, anybody want some head for two hundred bucks? That's why I think it's important to decriminalize it. So you but you do want both, so both. decrim and legalization. And legalization. So that, so that way, if someone does work, because right now if someone works outside, like say if you're in that one of those counties in Nevada, right? Mm-hmm. If you work outside that brothel system, you are doing a crime and can be prosecuted when like down the street there's a brothel doing it quote unquote legally so it sounds like you want a legal a legal system but if you operate outside that system and do that kind of casual whatever Mm -hmm. once in a while you don't want that to be a crime either exactly okay and i think it's important to have a well-regulated um industry because then uh people can maintain standards they can address issues that come up um, and they can mitigate risks. So I think that's very important. Is And now are you talking about legalization for, say, like brothels like or like uh, what were they used to call houses of ill repute? They, <laughs> I think they said back in the day. Are you talking the legalization for more for those and not for individual propi- proprietors? So I think it would be difficult for, for independents to be completely independent because, mm-hmm. well, let me actually get back to the principles, right? Okay. Because maybe that's going to clear it up. So the model that I would advocate is kind of what um, the adult video industry has already, right? So they have the checks to make sure everyone is over 18, and they maintain those records, have to maintain them for seven years. They have an STI system in place where everyone has everyone who performs needs to have a clean test during the previous two weeks. I think that's a great idea for everyone involved. And they also have a verification system in place. So not just giving somebody a piece of paper that you can forge. It's all like a website that's mm-hmm. uh, very controlled, that's difficult to um, that's difficult to get around, where, um, or it's difficult to mess with that system. So that it's been very reliable as far as... Um, containing stis right so that's uh the second big thing so would you would you support mandating sti checks to engage in or um indulge in sex work yes so in terms of the legal industry yes as it and when we say legal industry we mean like kind of a like a a a, bi- a physical business place versus the individual who just is running her thing or uh i i'll compare it with massage where there's the independent masseuse who like mm-hmm. she's a massage therapist she goes she has her clients she does her thing versus a massage envy is that what we're talking about so the i think it's, the there's going to be a way for independence to fit into like um 
if there's like some kind of a third party that can provide verification of identity that Mm -hmm. can um, assure safety a little bit so they know what's happening so people can call in that's like hey everything went well and if you know there's no call they can investigate or they can alert somebody um so yeah so safety is also like a very big part of legalization right so it's it's the age it's uh sti it's safety and it's also consent because mm-hmm. as it turns out consent is a very you know it's like we all want it but it's kind of a difficult concept uh to define unfortunately especially so. as it is uh, our understanding of it is evolving it's no longer a well i got the yes on the paper so now we're good indefinitely it's more of an ongoing conversation in bed your partner freezes up that doesn't mean you keep going you check in hey like what's going on do you need to like that, exactly. i think we we think of yes. consent as it's like it's a yes or no as opposed to ongoing precisely and that's you know something that nicole and i spent a great deal of time talking about it's like well what happens like and a lot of it isn't some you know she said very often it's going to be it's like no no no, i don't want you to stop just you know maybe slow down or just you know it's like a tap type thing where it's like you know relax a little bit but you know don't don't stop but maybe just change things up as um is important so Mm -hmm. i thought that was very interesting how that's evolved in the adult industry because they need to worry about each other. They have, you know, they're obviously concerned about their coworkers. Yeah. I mean, outside of the adult industry, we should all be, uh, you know, so sympathetic to and empathetic to the the person we are in or persons we're in bed with to right. be doing those check-ins. It's it shouldn't just be in porn. Like when you go home with your Tinder date, you should also be checking in. You should be like, no, you should give a shit and right. be willing to maybe stop letting your dick feel good for like a few moments so you can check in with another human being. And also like on Nicole's part, she was always checking in with me, making yeah. sure that I was good, that, you know, yeah. that, that I was feeling comfortable and good about the whole thing. So that's what made it a great experience. That's something, you know, I learned from her that she was like very positive about, you know, letting me do things that worked and, uh, and creating an environment where I felt safe and uh, and comfortable on your your sex work related platform you know th- that policy this hybrid model it, it sounds like of mm-hmm. decrim and legalization do you have sex workers you consult with that you have consulted with on these policies are these purely just your ideas based on what you've been seeing yes it's my ideas based on what i've been seeing and also what i experienced from making the movie sure. and speaking with nicole so you haven't consulted with sex workers on this on these ideas so um that's kind of been a difficult issue like how do i get in touch mm-hmm. with the wider sex worker community i mean if you want if you... i had no credibility on this until yeah. really the film came out so that's something we're trying to figure out now how would i contact folks um, so that one they'd be comfortable talking to me because mm-hmm. clearly it's not something they can do in the open and so i want to make sure that i don't make them feel uncomfortable just saying it's like hey i'm gonna have this open forum come out and tell me what you yeah. think because that might not work for many people so sure. we're because it's been only a week since the movie came out we're trying to figure out how to do that correctly how to do that in a way that's respectful to the sex workers so you do intend to uh consult especially especially if you were to win you would want to consult with sex workers on these on this policy or even prior to the election i would love to hear from the sex worker community Mm. in new york and especially you know 
Well, in in the district, yeah. but also really because the city it's is city. so intertwined it's, that right. you know the districts don't matter as much as the city, as the full city itself. I'd of love course. to hear from people who are involved with it, um, also even as clients to see what their concerns are, because very often that can't be addressed because that's considered very shameful as well. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'd love to hear from the entire community. I'm happy to hear that. It, my my two cents that barely matter uh, as someone who done some sex work and knows a lot of sex workers and talks about it often my my i'm happy to hear you say that because you know my read on the policy initially is like it seems very well intentioned the uh, the argument i hear about decrim is that it feels it's unnecessary to regulate like to trust them to to do their thing and maybe now when we're talking about like a massage envy of sex work some you know uh, there Mm. i get that because Look, if you're gonna have business storefronts, I think you're allowed. That's that's normal. We want to treat it like a business, treat it like any other business. But somebody's just off trying to do the thing. They got their clients. Like trust them to do that. And so I do hope you'll get to chat. And if you need um, some suggestions, I, I mean, I can certainly reach out to some local folks and see who'd want to chat with you because I know that sex workers want a seat at the table. That if laws are going to be made about them, if uh, legal decisions are going to be made about them. Like they would like to be involved. They would like to be talked to. They would want their input um, included and, and duly considered. So I, that's why I asked, but I'm happy to hear that there is that intention um, because I yes. think you'll find after those conversations, some tweaks you'll, you'll probably want to make. Absolutely. And regardless of what the policy is going to be, once legislation is made, there are always going to be changes that need to be required just because the environment changes. Right. So, and let me just say this, I would love to hear from folks even before the election, because I'm sure I will be asked in other interviews, well, what have you learned from uh, from the community in New York? And right now, I, I can't really, I don't have anything sure. because I'm basing it on my experience with Nicole. Right. So yeah, I would love to be say, it's like, oh, and this is what I heard from folks mm-hmm. in the local community. Do you think you should have tried to reach out to these folks? Like- it sounds like you just didn't know who to talk to. Is that I've been talking about like before this announcement, and everything before you know launching the the campaign with these policies. It just right. sounds like you just didn't know who to talk to, and you were like, "I got, I got an idea," but like, I don't know. Is that yeah? So getting any kind of credibility is and grip is just very, very difficult. They're and like, "Who's this guy? This, he's not even the the Democratic, you know, candidate, right?" So exactly. Like, so okay. that credibility okay. issue was the biggest problem. So until the video came out. No one knew who I was. No one wanted to report on it. Sure. Nobody wanted to touch it. So hopefully now that's going to give me the ability to uh, gather more information as well. Okay. How has how have you? I won't even say how have the responses been. I'm going to say how have you been handling the responses? How how are you feeling? <laughs> I'm, I've seen some things said. Not all of them were the nicest. So I wanted to say how are you doing? So um, you literally put your dick on the internet and let people comment. Like that can be tough. Yes. It can be very tough. Um, and it took me a few days to process it. I didn't know how to feel about it. I didn't know um, what to make of it. And honestly, um, I I did not know that it's going to go viral until it did. Oh, man. I would have told you. Had, I'd be like, dude, this is going to. I, I <laughs> it's had. Se- it's, it's, it's rife with SEO um, buzzwords <laughs> for a headline, man. It's perfect. It's, it's like a robot say, what are some of the best SEO keywords we can do? Oh, this this guy did it. <laughs> so that's what I thought. And then we really had a lot of trouble putting getting that story out. 
Oh. No one wanted to touch it until somebody else broke it. So damn, I would have fucking been all over it if I if I had known ahead of time. I would have been pitching that. I'd be, I I'd have gotten that commission. Man, that's so that's shocking to me. So yeah, so that's why I wasn't sure if it's even going to happen. Yeah. So when it did, I was like, okay, well now I need to start thinking about how do I process it. And as far as the criticism, um, I think it actually maybe help that i went through basic training in the army where the drill sergeants are expected <laughs> to insult all the soldiers um i'm thinking full metal jacket i'm thinking about stripes right now i'm thinking about every basic training scene i've seen in a movie and now i'm realizing yes. oh there's nothing some like troll on pornhub can say in the comments you've been called the worst things and had to keep a straight face exactly <laughs> so that is great training <laughs> You're like, you can't hurt my fucking feelings. <laughs> so after that, it's just, uh, I mean, I have to say that like the creativity standards of drill sergeants may not be very high, but they're definitely <laughs> higher than whatever the trolls are trying to do. So, so you're not really, re are you even reading the comments? I'm reading them, but you know, if someone is just saying things, it, it doesn't bother me. Okay. Um, yeah, well, it's more that I'm interested in, is there real debate? Is mm -hmm. there, are people bringing up real points and that's what I'd, I'd love to address and hopefully i will still have a chance to do that because the initial stories that came out tended to be very short and didn't really talk about my background or other policies okay. or my qualifications so hopefully you know things like that that are a little bit longer format i can i can get to speak to that what was surprising about shooting a porn scene what was challenging what was the most fun part of it I don't know that there was a fun part, but it was it was, there was not a fun part. Oh, it was sorry, uh, Nicole. No, 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 no. Nicole was great, and it was a very, very positive experience. But like I said, uh, there was also a lot of anxiety. Yeah, there's a lot of things I learned. Obviously, the first thing that struck me is the first time I looked at that video, I hated the way I looked. Mm -hmm. So it was just like a very shocking thing to see myself because I've never seen myself on video before. Especially not doing that. Right. Yeah. So I hated the way I looked. I think that was also kind of good preparation for starting a campaign because all of a sudden I got to have pictures of myself taken. You know, it's like... Clothed ones too, probably. <laughs> yes. But even that seems very strange to me because I'm not used to having my pictures taken. So even when friends take pictures or professional photographers who are trying to make you feel comfortable, it's still a very uncomfortable experience for mm. me just because I'm not used to it. So in, in that sense, it was good preparation, but um, it also turned out that once I got used to looking at myself, like when I was editing the video, um, some of that kind of just went away because you're just used to seeing yourself. So, um, so I can say that, yeah, that's something I learned. You have that initial shock, and then later you just kind of learn to accept yourself a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So if someone else is going to go through a similar experience, that's what I would advise them. It's like, yeah, you might hate the way you look, uh, but it may be a first step to yeah. accepting the way you look. Oh, yeah. I just, I just published a piece on Mashable a couple months ago about how like doing OnlyFans helped with like my body image issues. Because like mm -hmm. I've only done one 
like uh like like fucking scene for my mm-hmm. for my clips like one like piv type of uh thing and with my friend lucy moon hey everyone go to onlyfans.com slash call me billy <laughs> you can still go get it uh and that's the only time i've done a, a scene with someone where like we're doing that because it was like i hated how i looked and it was so what i was like no thank i haven't done one since mm-hmm. i was like I, i've been keeping it to like oral and hand stuff and solo because it was like i don't want Oh, yeah, you see, you'd be like, that's not a good angle. I can see this hanging there. Ah, Especially me right next to Nicole, right? Right, and then so, you're next to this babe. Yeah, Lucy's right? a fucking smoke show. And so then I have to be like, oh, God, I'm like, I'm like uglying up Lucy's video. That's how I felt. I was like, right. you're, you're sexing up mine, and my, I'm making yours worse that by being on this. Yeah, and also I remember mentioning that to Nicole right afterwards about how terrible I thought I looked, and she was extremely positive yeah. about making me feel good about myself. So she was great in that sense as well were you surprised by your reactions to your body yes yeah well, but then again i didn't expect to have a reaction sure. I, I didn't know that that was even going to happen somebody asked earlier it was a fun question they were like so is this like really is this the beginning of a political career or beginning of a porn career like is this something you might do again so um while this was a very positive experience that i I'm very happy that I went through. Mm. Um, I don't think I'm meant for that career. I think just, you know, the anxiety levels would be too high. And uh, yeah, I certainly don't see myself doing that um, for public consumption again. Sure. So uh, I think I'm going to keep it very much private going forward. Oh, and, and by the way, I did not try to do this as a i did not try to do the political campaign as a stepping stone to a career in porn um and like i said i'm not getting any money from Pornhub, so no this is not a way to to gain publicity this is really about being able to talk about um the issues that are important to me politically right so that, that's the way uh, i think about it so no i'm not trying to get into porn as a career as far as doing it again um I think that would need to be a decision I make at the next opportunity. And I'm still a member of the Army Reserve, and I Mm -hmm. have obligations there, so I intend to fulfill them. So I'm not sure when or if I'd be able to run again or if I would want to do it again. Mm. I mean, obviously, it's all going to depend on how the rest of this experience goes until the election. Hey, look, Paperboy got what 20 25 percent of the vote here in bushwick up against uh the the incumbent velasquez so i mean like you know anything's possible in this city i think well we'll see what happens so i i i'm very interested to know how people will vote so Mm. i have uh no expectations because it is such a different thing and unexpected thing um so we'll, we'll just see what happens and also there's only about two and a half weeks left so um I want to make the best out of the campaign. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like to you, making the best out of the campaign with this time? Considering the opportunities that come up, um, I love, you know, the opportunity I've had to talk with you so I can talk about these issues uh, more in depth, Uh, possibly uh, meeting more people um, in the district or just in the city itself and hearing their voices. I think that would be extremely informative but just also like a great experience especially for someone like me who tends to be an introvert so i don't get to hear from a lot of people so all of a sudden if people want to tell me what they think 
even if they don't agree with me, it's it's a great learning experience. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's what needs to make the most out of it. So it's to learn and to get the ideas out there and defend them best I can. Last question for you. Uh, since the videos come out, you're a bachelor in New York City. Getting any uh, date requests? Uh, there have been some that came in online, um, but I have People to like, say, I like your work, buddy. Hey, Mike. <laughs> so you have to remember that um, <laughs> I'm a little bit paranoid, actually more than a little bit paranoid, just from the from my professional side, right? right? So uh, when I see a request coming in from someone I don't know online. Uh, and I don't know who that person is. Um, I might be somewhat skeptical mm-hmm. about how real that request is, or you know, if it's someone trying to set me up. So I apologize for not replying to those, but that's kind of just a part of my personality. Yeah. Uh, it's hard for me to, to just trust somebody comes who makes that kind of an offer out of the blue. Well, but what I'm hearing is that your DMs are open. Yes, my DMs are open. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> uh, Mike, thanks for uh, making some time to chat with us. Where can people go to uh, find you, follow you, check out your campaign, um, check out the rest of your policy platform? Or sure. or also if, if there are uh, any, some sex work advocates listening who want to share some two cents with you, where can they go? So uh, the website is itkissforcongress.com. That's and I-T-K-I-S for congress.com. Uh, you can fill out a contact form. Um, I look at uh, everything that comes in. Uh, and uh, it's Itkiss Campaign on um, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Fantastic. Well, uh, I wish you luck with the, the closing weeks of the campaign. And thanks for coming on and engaging in some discussion about this stuff. Uh, hopefully more conversations will start. Um, and, uh, you know, you you are bringing in a different perspective. So. And I really appreciate the opportunity you gave me to speak at length. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, Mike, thanks again. Why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? Okay. Thank you for listening. Okay. This was really adorable. After we turned the mics off, I wish he had asked me this during the interview. We were just debriefing and he admitted, you know, Billy, I don't really know what a massage envy is. I thought that was cute. Uh, We'd love to know what you thought about this week's episode, and you can do so in the episode discussion channel in the Champagne Room. The Champagne Room, of course, is our super free, super fun, super sex positive Discord server. We've got channels about kink, channels about sex toys, channels for sex stories. We also got non-sexy channels where you can talk about parenting, gaming, music, and more. Introduce yourself today at manwhorepod.com slash discord or click the link in the show notes. You can also tell me what you thought directly via email, your criticisms, your advice requests, and any and all things to manwhorepod at gmail.com. I have been posting the TikToks, okay, to my new account, UG Dating, U-G-H Dating. I'm going to throw that little plug in there because we're trying to get that new account kind of moving and grooving strictly going to be content about dating relationships and like maybe once there's some following we can talk a little more about the sex stuff again links to all my social media are in the show notes uh, before you go before you go i am going to play a little teaser i got a bonus episode coming out tomorrow it's a solo bonus episode not with mike just me just your guy something fucking funky happened 
during a recording back in September. It was an amazing episode, and uh, you have not heard it, and likely never will. And I, I want to talk about it. I want to share that story. I'm gonna play a little teaser in just just a few seconds. I'm gonna play a teaser for that, but you can gain access to the full bonus episode and hear everything that happened exclusively on Patreon. Okay, so you can gain access to that bonus episode at Patreon.com/slash Podcast. And while you're there, you can gain access to nearly 300 bonus episodes, as well as all sorts of other bonus content. You can join us for hot movie night at the ten dollar tier. You can uh, share your nudes with us in the Peep Show. And it's, of course, a great way to support me and the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, If this is your first time listening to the show, don't forget to hit follow or subscribe. Slip someone you love a note in their wallet sometime. I'm sure it will mean a lot to them. Go out and vote on November 8th and stay slutty. And I don't know why, I don't know what I said immediately previously to invoke this, but out of seemingly out of nowhere, she just goes in a very performative kind of way. Again, she's kind of quirky. So like her saying it in this way makes sense, but her saying this at all doesn't. But she goes, no, Billy, I don't want you to eat my pussy. I am bringing up her pussy. I don't think we were talking about her pussy. A little thrown off by that in my head. I'm going like, cause I, rem- I don't remember what was I was saying, but like, I remember in my head in the moment. Cause again, like when I'm high, I am a little bit more attuned to like what I'm thinking than what's being said. And I'm thinking in that moment, I was like, that's weird. Don't know why she just said that.